You are about to hear a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au. And be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available. I'd like you today to turn your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 3. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture after Jesus had risen from the dead and gone to the Heavenly Father and now has left the responsibility for the continuation of the work of the gospel and the miraculous power of God displayed on the earth through His disciples who happened to be the apostles. At this point in time, the church is in its infancy stage. Um, the apostles have some level of freedom preaching the gospel and really kind of sort of the way I, I see it, it kind of overflowing from the day of Pentecost. Wherever they went, people were getting healed. The shadows uh, were touching people. The shadows that would fall on people would heal people. And so here we are right now in this amazing environment of signs, wonders, and miracles. But we need to be mindful that in those days there were people that were completely trapped in their circumstance, whether it's through sickness, whether it's through poverty, uh, whether it's uh, basically just being uh, sort of ostracized by their society because of what they were going through in some shape or form. Whatever the case was, the church of Jesus Christ was forging ahead even in its infancy to see people set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's quite an exciting time when you start to think about it. So in chapter 3, in the book of Acts, we see Peter and John, the key disciples of Jesus Christ, who are usually competing with one another. I remember the story when Jesus uh, just uh, rose from the dead, and he was having breakfast with them in the book of John. And uh, Jesus turns to Peter and starts telling Peter of what his life was going to be like, And instead of kind of accepting that humbly, the prophetic words that Jesus was telling him, he sees John walking down the beach and says, what about him, Lord? There was this kind of one-upmanship that was happening between Peter and John until the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit hits them. It seems that all the competitiveness left them because now they were on a mission And together they were working to see the gospel of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, extend into the lives of people. And I love the first part of this chapter because it says, Now Peter and John, they were together. They were moving in unity with God's power. They were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, which is about, uh, you know, every three hours usually. And this is the ninth hour. So in our time, that's about 3 p.m. So 3 o'clock in the afternoon, like good young Jewish men, they were up there in prayer. It's what they did. And a man, from, a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms for those entering the temple. I want to set the scene here uh, for you to understand what's happening. Here's Peter and John fulfilling their responsibility as, as, as godly men to go to the gate beautiful. The Bible tells us it was the beautiful gate or the gate beautiful. In the temple of Solomon, this is probably the most celebrated gate. It was the gate where most people would walk through. 
In fact, the most dignified people would walk through these gates. It was, it was huge. This gate was huge. Not only was it huge, but it was adorned by, by beautiful uh, stones. And it was the gate to go to. It was like the main entrance of all entrances. But at the same time, this is the place where most people would congregate who were people of high regard. Priests, the wealthy business people, the tax collectors even, who happened to be Jews, would go there. So if you were a beggar... This was a place to go to. And I would suggest to you that not a lot of beggars would have this kind of sort of market uh, territory in there. Only a certain few have. In this instance, we find a lame man that has been there for a long time. The estimated age of this guy is probably around in his 30s, maybe mid-30s. So he's been in this spot for over 30 years of his life. Listen to his life. In verse 2, it tells us exactly what his life was from birth. Virtually, from the time that he was a young boy, that he was able to be peddled out to beg at this gate. He's had this kind of sort of, you know, position for so long. It says, from birth, he was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. It is called the beautiful gate. Think about it for a moment. Imagine if your life was relegated to one activity and that you have no sense of independence and you had no power to do anything for yourself, to think for yourself. You were relegated by certain people. You have to be carried from your home to this place every day of your life. And you would look at as people would walk past you. And you see people that have strength in their legs to be able to go from one place to another. For the full day that you're there, you're waiting for people to feel sorry for you and just give you a little bit of money uh, as a sign of compassion or civic duty. They would give you alms. What a life. He was trapped, in essence, by his circumstance. He's trapped by the disease that, that hit his body maybe from his mother's womb, that has rendered him completely crippled. The economy as we know it today is not the same as it was. COVID-19 has in many ways crippled our economy. Unlike this man, at some point in time, our economy is going to have time to recover. We always have, we recovered from every plague and every epidemic that has hit humanity in history. We have recovered from wars. Mind you, there are some casualties along the way. I'm not taking away what we have lost and what it cost us as a society and what it cost families. But humanity has seemed to have this amazing resilience to survive some of the greatest tragedies that it has experienced over the centuries. But for this man, there was no hope. For this man, he was born a lame man, a crippled man, and he would probably mostly die a cripple. And the only movement he has in his life is for a group of people would carry him from his home to this place only so that they could make money from him. His only meaning in life was that his disability became a point of economic relief for the people who are taking care of him. What a trapped life. What a life of hopelessness. 
You see, that's exactly what life is until you encounter Christ. In verse 3, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze upon him as did John and said, look at us. When you think about this, you, you begin to recognize that Peter and John were not your usual sort of sympathetic givers. For a lot of people that would have walked past him, they probably would have just thrown some money at him. They probably just given him a little bit of something. I've seen this before. I grew up in a nation. I was born in a third world nation where we saw beggars growing up. And, and, and we go there from time to time and, and, and help out the people and on, on a mission trip. And, and still to this day, we see them. We see children on the side of the street. And I've seen people throw money at the beggars, not really considering who they are. I remember one time a story. We were walking uh, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a main road, and I just saw this old man begging, and I caught eyes with him. And one of the things that I teach my mission team that goes with, that goes along with me from time to time is, you know, don't get caught up with the beggars because sometimes they're part of a you know some kind of a syndicate that just makes money off him, and they don't really take care of these guys, and and they use their their poverty and their situation as some kind of leverage to make money off them. And I remember seeing this old man and, and, and being mindful of, what, of, of the, the kind of things that I've said my team. Um, I saw this old man and I thought, no, I'm not going to give him anything and because, you know, it's, you know, he's probably part of the syndicate. I don't really want to support that kind of abuse for these guys. But as I was walking past him, something hit my heart. And I turned around after walking about 50 meters away from him and resisting the urge to even go back. And finally, I couldn't resist it anymore. I went back to him and he was just there sitting, an old man just hunched over. And I said to him, look at me, sir. And then he looked at me and I gave him something that was of great substance. And in that moment, I just knew that it was something that blessed him. And as I as I remember that, and I, you know, that story, this old man could still walk, but yet we have here a story of a man that could not walk. He's relegated both physically and, 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 and you know, with regards to his status economically to a life that really won't go anywhere else. But this day was a different day for him as John and Peter said to him, Look at us. And verse 5 says, He fixes His attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. What was He expecting? Well, He's expecting what everybody else has been giving Him. Money. Just a little morsel. Just a little change. But Peter in verse 6 says something that was staggering for him. No one has really ever had a conversation with him that just threw money at him. He knew what his purpose in life was, and this was it. And Peter said to him, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. You know what I love about this? And what I want to tell you as a church family, I want to tell you as a Christian today, is that never limit God with what you think you don't have. Most people think they have nothing, so they do 
nothing. You have within you, if you are born again, filled with the Spirit, the power of heaven, waiting to be unleashed from your life into the lives of others. The disciples just experienced this amazing encounter with God and the power of His Spirit, and they couldn't contain themselves. I love the boldness of Peter and John going to this man. The boldness to say and the faith to say, there's something within me that I can give you that is not of this world. And it's not silver, and it's not gold. It's not about making you richer. It's not about taking you away from the situation, from your economic situation, but it's something that will change your life in a moment it's something that will shift your life in a moment and for most of us and maybe for all of us we need those moments that God can touch our life and shift it forever God can shift your life from sickness to divine health God can shift your life from poverty into prosperity God can shift your life from depression into a life of joy. God can shift your life from where it is that you are trapped into, into a life of complete freedom in Him. And Peter and John said this, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Why did He say Nazareth? Because there was all kinds of people called Jesus in those days. But there was only one Jesus of Nazareth. Come on somebody. There's only one Jesus who could change your life and transform you forever. And God's call for us, everybody, is to rise up and walk. To do something we couldn't do before. To do something we have never been able to do. To move from one place into another place where God wants us to be. This whole thing with COVID-19 is forcing the church to respond, to rise up, and to walk, to be filled with the power of God. In verse 7, it says, They took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Leaping up, and he stood and began to walk and enter the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. The world will know who we serve. Who we serve by the way we express our transformed life to our community. I remember a story as I close this morning. I remember a story one time we were running a, a healing meeting and, and a man on a wheelchair turned up. And, and I've never prayed for somebody in a wheelchair before and I was kind of scared. I was hoping that he was there for a headache. That would have been an easy prayer because, you know, how do you prove that someone's headache was gone? And he lined up in the prayer line. I didn't want to pray for him, but I said, Lord, it's up to you. As we prayed for this man and we helped him rise up from his wheelchair, strength came into his muscles and he began to walk. This happened several years ago. The point that I'm making is that this lame man had been in that temple gate for over 30 years of his life. Jesus would have passed him many times. But today was his day when the church of Jesus Christ in the form of Peter and John touched him with the power of God. Church, I want to encourage you to touch people with your prayer, with your words, however way you can in this season so that others might rise up and walk and give praise to God. Bless you today.
In Jesus' name. You have just listened to a message preached at Church One on the Gold Coast. To find out more about Church One, visit us on the web at churchone.com.au and be sure to subscribe to these podcasts so you don't miss out on any new messages as they are available.